Hey guys, it's Matt. This is a different episode of the podcast in that it's not like a traditional like sermon that we usually have on Wednesday nights per se. Our youth group is reaching out to a special group of students called the Backpack Kids. They're elementary school, middle school, and high school students who um, have difficult home situations, difficult economic circumstances, and are not able to Uh, have consistent meals, much less Christmas every year. So we're going to be reaching out to them, uh, trying to not only meet their needs physically, but meet their spiritual needs um, and to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. So what you're going to hear is a lady named Nisha Freeman. She is the leader of our backpack ministry, and she's going to explain to you what that is. And then I'm going to follow up with Nisha with just a little bit of an encouragement that you, as a teenager, can make a huge difference in our community and in our area for the cause of Jesus. So you're going to hear Nisha, and then I'm going to follow up with Nisha. And if you want to adopt a backpack kid for Christmas, um, get on our Instagram account, at Refuel Students, and send us a DM, and we'll get back to you with the, the name of a kid and the information so that you can be part of this awesome, awesome, awesome outreach for Christmas. We want to tell you who these kids are. And then I want to tell you some reasons why we should be reaching out to him. So I brought, um, brought in Nisha and Lydia. Um, Nisha is kind of turning into a star. Um, she's on Netflix. Um, she's also in the running for an Oscar for the uh, documentary that's on Netflix. So we've got like, you know, some very, yeah, <laughs> we, got a, we got a celebrity here. Um, but Nisha's going to explain to you exactly what it means to be a backpack kid um, and, and what we're doing to try to reach these kids for Christ. So. Um, the backpacks program started in 2010 and what we did was there was a a section in Huntington that um, had a couple places where they were having lots of drug issues and some shootings and what we did was we drew a one mile radius around the section on 20th street and we decided that um, as a bunch of Christians the ministry was called link up ministries and we were just going to link up a bunch of Christians together to see how we could help in this particular section of town so in this section of town is Spring Hill Elementary and that's what we call our backpack kids school we went to the principal of the school and asked if there was anything that we could do that um, would help her students and she told us about some kids that were not eating on the weekends that the only food supply that they had was when the kids were eating Monday through Friday at school, eating their breakfast and lunch, and they weren't eating dinners of the evenings. Um, The kids were coming to school the next morning um, really hungry. They were shoving food in their pockets from lunch to last them through dinner. So we decided that we would start a backpack program where we would give them food on Fridays at school, and it would consist of a Friday dinner, a breakfast-lunch dinner for Saturday, breakfast-lunch dinner for Sunday, a few snacks and a drink. And when we first started, we were really excited. We had 18 kids in the program. And now um, we are up to, we average between 60 and 70. The numbers change because CPS comes in and takes some of the children out of the home um, due to uh, parental misguidance or their living situations. Um, The food that we come up with for the backpack kids is not what you normally would think of. Because even this year, we have a child at um, the elementary school that, does, that is living in her car with her mom. So she doesn't have any electric and she doesn't have any water. So oats aren't going to do her any good because she doesn't have a way to add water to them and to heat them up to eat. So all the food that we provide for them is stuff that they can just um, 
pull the tab and go. Um, we have, uh, these are some of the things that we do. This is what the backpack looks like. And we just do like the beef stews and the beanie weenies and Vienna sausages. They get a Capri Sun and they get some snacks. We like Pop-Tarts because there's two Pop-Tarts in a package instead of just a breakfast bar. And um, we first started out with each kid actually had a backpack. We literally had a backpack. Each kid had a number. Each backpack had a number. And on Fridays, we would deliver it, and the kids knew um, when they saw me they, at the school, they knew to come and get their bag. And then they would drop their bag off on Monday, and I would pick the bags up, and then we would bring them back here to the church and pack them again. Well, what was happening was that the rats were chewing holes in the bottoms of their backpacks, and there was um, poop and pee all over the backpacks. And some of it was from humans and some of it was from animals. And then we started getting concerned about uh, bed bugs and roaches and things like that because I was bringing the bags and I was putting them in my car. And uh, not to mention that um, between the smoking and some of the parents were doing drugs. So all of the smell of that is on the backpacks too. So we decided the second year to change the the way that we deliver the foods. We still call them the backpack kids. But what we do is we actually put it in like a double Walmart bag. The elementary kids get their food just like this in a bag. Um, but what we realized a couple years, we, we, a light bulb moment went off. I don't know what I was thinking the previous years before that. But once the kids got out of the elementary school and moved to middle school, there was a year that we didn't follow them. Um, I don't know if I thought that they were all of a sudden going to eat. But... Uh, we eventually realized that we needed to follow these children from kindergarten all the way to graduating from high school. So we started taking them into the middle schools. Um, some of the kids for the first couple months when we went into the middle school program, they weren't taking their food and couldn't figure it out. Um, Matt and Wyatt and Andrew still, they are the ones that deliver the middle school and high school and I'm the one that delivers the elementary. And so Matt ended up asking a couple kids, why are you not taking your food? And it was because they were getting bullied. Um, the kids were making fun of them for taking the food home. So our middle school kids and our high school kids, we came up with these bags. And so we hide the food in these bags. And every week they get a drawstring bag that looks like an athletic bag. And that is how the middle school and high school kids take their food home. Um, Technically, um, we would still be just serving food if it wasn't for um, the youth group here. Um, your all's scenery has changed in the last seven years. There's not anybody that uh, Lydia was the, um, Lydia's age was the first kids in the youth group that were part of the backpack program. And Lydia's generation graduated last year and is now in college. So, um, you know, most of you all didn't realize that uh, the impact that the youth group here has on the backpack kids. Um, Matt and April asked Lydia when she was 13 years old, so I don't want you to think that you have no power. Um, if her and one of her friends would do a vacation Bible school for the backpack kids specifically for them, and Lydia's going to tell you more about that program. But in 2011, um, we have a, what we'll call like a sister church. And it's 26th Street Baptist in Huntington. And they're a smaller church. They could very well not have this many people on a Wednesday night. 
um, and their youth is very small, but they are a very sound church, and they're in the inner city of Huntington that is the area where our backpack kids live. So we contacted the pastor there, and his name's Pastor Tim, and we asked him if we could take our youth group down to his church in the summer for a week, and we would hold the backpack VBS, and then what we do is we actually don't go as a representative of Lewis Memorial. We're, we're always a representative of Jesus Christ, but we're not wearing our Lewis Memorial um, attire, and we're not going in the name of Lewis Memorial. What we're doing is we're canvassing the area actually kind of in the name of 26th Street Baptist Church because this church is in an area that has buses that drive close and then it's also in the area where the children can actually walk to this church. So we are um, seeing that the children are able to have awesome youth um, and spiritual guidance like you all have in that section of town. And like I said, Lydia's going to tell you more about that. Um, a couple, uh, the next year, we have an, the actual ministry is called Backpacks and Brown Bags. And the Brown Bags is actually a ministry to the prostitutes of Huntington. The reason we started the prostitution ministry was a year after we started Backpack Program, I had heard about a woman getting murdered. She'd been shot and her body had been thrown in a cornfield about 40 minutes from here. And there was just a small article in the paper and it kind of uh, didn't say much about her, gave her her name and her age and just said that she was shot and she was murdered. And there's, to my knowledge, there's never been a follow-up on the story. But what I found out about a week later after her body was found is she was actually one of the mothers of our backpack kids that was being raised by a grandparent. So that became a game changer for the backpack kids program. Um, what we decided to do was figure out a way to uh, reach the mothers of these children because we are trying to reach them, putting food in their belly. They get gospel tracts. The, the youth group throughout the year has multiple ways to, to uh, reach the backpack kids. But if we were going to change their life here on earth, um, what we was going to need to do was, was try to reach their mothers. So through the years, we have started this ministry where we try to reach the women on the streets. And our goal there is to... Um, Start a friendship only. We just go start a friendship. They get a lunch that's, that's a brown bag lunch. And we um, go out and hand them lunch. Every lunch bag has a gospel track in it. And every lunch is handed um, with non-judgmental friendship. We have met over 325 women since we started this ministry just here in Huntington. And um, through the years, we've been able to guide them to uh, detox, rehab, and Jesus. Uh, we have seen many salvations. Um, we have made many, many friends. Some of our girls are still on the street from 2011. Um, they love us and we love them. Um, one of the cool stories on the, the brown bag girls is a couple years ago, Lydia was going to prom and she was all dressed up and the girls wanted to see her because Lydia is, is part of that ministry with me. And so here's Lydia all dressed up, ready to go to the prom, and we're driving around Huntington trying to find the brown bag girls so they can see her all dressed up. And uh, they love it. They, it's, um, it's amazing how much they love us. Uh, they, I think they know how much we love them, but what is amazing is to see how much they love us also. And um, they're very protective of us. They, most of them 
if not, well, I don't know of any of them that have their children right now. They've lost all their children through adoption or CPS or family members raising their children. But um, the thing of it that I want you all to realize about the brown bag ministry is there might be 35 years old, but at one point in time, they were your age and they were in school and they weren't having the same life that probably the majority of you all have. Um, The abuse for these women started very, very early. And some of it is as simple as getting made fun of because of their family life situation, their financial situations, that they're not able to wear what you wear or go where you go. They're not able to dress and have the same hairstyles you all have and have your nails done and, and they don't have the cool tennis shoes like you guys have and they're not a part of the basketball team because they can't afford to be. And so what I want you all to realize is um, as Christians, and I'm assuming all of you all know Christ as your Savior, that you all are accountable You're accountable for the people that you meet at school. You're accountable for the people that you talk to. Not only that they can see that you're different and see Christ in you, but you're also accountable to not be judgmental to them, but to try to form a friendship so that they can see that, um, you know, to them, you are Christ. You are some of them don't even, have never been, have never stepped foot in a church. It's amazing to me when we get uh, talking to the brown bag girls and probably the average age is 35 years old. And most of them have been raised here in Huntington, West Virginia. But what is amazing to us is the 35-year-old girls that have never been to church. They've never been to vacation Bible school. They um, were abused by their moms and they were abused by their dads. I would, if I had to guess, I would say 99% of them dropped out of school in 10th grade. So that means they only have a ninth grade education. Um, they're living in abandoned houses and... Um, You know, they just don't have the same life you have. But I don't see them as a 35-year-old woman. I see them as 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 a young child or a teenager that didn't have what you all have, nor did they have someone reaching out for them to be the friend. So Backpack Kids Christmas, what we do is we ask, we have, like I said, it's between 60 and 70. Right now we're running about 67 kids. And um, every year they're not getting Christmas their parents aren't working or aren't able to financially um, do anything for them for Christmas. So we ask each kid what they want for Christmas to give us a few things, some clothing and some toys that they might like. And they actually, the school counselor uh, meets with them. So um, when they give us the list, we just put it out. I I do everything kind of through Facebook on this part of it. And they give us a list of what they want and we just ask people to adopt a kid for Christmas. Some of these children are in kindergarten and some of these children are in um, eighth, ninth grade. So that is what you are getting ready to do for the Backpack Kids for Christmas is to uh, purchase them some items and to wrap it. I always find it um, awesome how many people and how quickly I'm able to pass out the names. But then I also think on, you know, Christmas morning when Lydia's opening up the gift that she picked that I knew that she wanted, that she sent me the color if I was going to do something. And I've been saving it for a couple months just in a, you know, little mental file of I know that she'll want this. What these kids are opening up is maybe not their favorite color shirt. You know, I, I hate pink. I'm, there's nothing about me that likes pink. But if you like pink, what you're doing is getting this girl a pink shirt. And she is grateful that she has it. So 
while you're opening up everything that you want and you got just what you ask for, um, I ask that you just say a prayer for these kids that um, are hopefully having a Christmas and that are probably a lot more grateful than you're going to be for what the gifts that you received because that's the only thing that they're going to have. So um, Lydia is going to talk to you a minute about the um, vacation Bible school that we do for the backpack kids. So um, it's who runs it is you guys. Without you all, we would not have a backpack VBS. Uh, we start planning on it early, and um, it's pretty cool. How many of y'all done backpack VBS? Pretty cool. Adults don't count. Just kids, yeah. <laughs> so maybe the better question is, how many of y'all have never done backpack VBS? Okay, all right, some new kids. So um, what I'm going to do is let Lydia explain what happens and um, what she has learned from doing the backpack VBS. And then if you all have any questions for either one of us, we'll be more than glad to answer. Okay, I'll make this as quick as I can. Um, basically, Backpack VBS, when we first started, it was, I think it was five or six years ago. And the first uh, week that we did it, we were like, okay, this is a trial run. We're going to see how it goes. Well, at the end of the week, 50 kids got saved. So we were like, okay, well, we can't stop now. we got to keep going. So usually each week, it's, we do it the first or second week of June every year. We'll we figure that out sometime soon. I'll work on that. Um, and then I think in the next couple months, I'll probably, when I find out the week, I will have a sign-up sheet. I'll give it to Matt or White or someone, and it's usually back there, and you guys can just sign up, and you put your phone number, and that way I can get a hold of you if I need to. So usually when we go, there's probably between 50 and 70 kids there, and they are mostly from, they're mostly the backpack kids, and Kate Lowe used to work at one of the schools, so she knows a lot of them, so they love to come in and yell for Miss Lowe, and my sister works at the school, so they know me, and I pass out the backpacks each Friday, so it's really nice to get a relationship with them. So if you know any of the older kids in youth group, they all know what Backpack VBS is, and personally, it's my favorite week of the year, basically. Um, these kids don't really have people to look up to, so when they come in that week, they remember who you are, they remember your name, and they come in and looking for you. If you develop a relationship with them, the first thing they do is they say, oh, where's Jed? Where's Jed? I know Jed's here. He has to be here. So they are looking for you each year. And I, uh, it's really cool. The Backpack Kids, I was actually at Marshall yesterday, and the Spring Hill Choir was there. And about six of the kids came running up to me, and they knew who I was and was asking um, if we were actually having Backpack VBS. So it shows you that they really do look forward to it. And it's, most of the time, it's the only fun thing they get to do. So, I guess that's it. I don't really know what else to say. If you guys have any questions, I can answer them. You guys actually are a huge part of Backpack VBS. Uh, the youth group plans it, and then you guys do everything, basically. Lessons, you teach, do crafts, games, snacks, you do everything. Adults really are just there to take pictures. They don't really do much. <laughs> Unless we boss them around. Sometimes I get to boss them around, so that's nice. But that's about it. So, um, yeah, um, I got the, Watt and I got the, some of the lists. What the, because what we do is we do specifically as a youth group, we get gifts, you know, we're, gonna, we're doing a gift drive for the middle and high school students in, that, that are in the backpack ministry. So 
Nisha through Facebook and through people at our church gets all the elementary kids um, their gifts. So these are middle and high schools. Wyatt and I and Andrew, we deliver backpacks every Friday to Huntington East Middle and Huntington Middle. So some of you go to those schools. I don't, you know, I don't usually see you guys at the schools when I go. Uh, we go to Huntington Middle, and we go to the counseling office with Mrs. Cyrus and uh, Miss Baxton. And then, yeah, and then, um, thank you, Christian. And then we go, to, um, we go to Huntington East, and we drop them off with Mrs. Ferguson in the counseling office. We got the gift list um, today because we wanted to be able to help let, let you guys sign up this evening to do gifts. And you, you know, think about what you've kind of either hinted or just straight out told your parents what you want for Christmas and what you kind of almost expect to get for Christmas. There's one guy. He's in middle school. He may go to your school. You know what all he wanted for Christmas? The only thing he turned in were two things, deodorant and underwear. Can you imagine being surprised and glad if all you got on Christmas morning was deodorant and underwear. We don't even think a thing about it, right? That's stuff that we kind of like expect our parents, you know, if your mom's like my mom, you know, they're underwear Nazis. They want to make sure you got a clean pair of underwear, right? Imagine that being such an important thing to you that you would ask for that for Christmas. Um, These are kids that are in need, but they're also kids that are in need of the gospel, and this isn't just giving people clothes for the sake of giving people clothes. This is giving people clothes for the sake of opening up the door to the gospel. You know, we've had backpack kids come to our youth group, actually starting to be a lot more frequently from the middle schools uh, since we've been starting to do that. Uh, we probably were probably coming up on getting close to 100 backpack kids that have been saved through the backpack VBS and various things that we're doing. We brought them to our church's VBS um, this year, too. So we this, this is a way for us to not just spread the gospel, but to show them the gospel, to show them in a very practical way that Jesus loves them. Maybe you heard, yeah, I had a lesson plan, but I'm just going to make, make the, I'm just going to tell you what the main point is, okay? Um, you think about all these things that you heard. You think about these kids that don't, you know, they live in, t- some of them, terrible home situations. Some of them, their moms are prostitutes. You think, what in the world can I, like a 14-year-old, do about this? Like, I'm just a 14-year-old. I can't even, like, drive a car yet. Like, how can I fix this? You know, that, that's something that, like, the adults need to worry about. But here's the problem. We've given adults in our country, like, 50 years to figure out how to fix this, and they haven't fixed it. Um, but I do have good news. And this is the good news that we learn in the Christmas story. And this is the, this is the good news. God loves to use and work through teenagers. Um, we are going to look at Luke chapter 1. Um, and I'm just going to turn there. I'm, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to read one verse for you. And it's in verse 34 of Luke chapter 1. I'm driving Jeff crazy because I'm going to be bouncing around, but he's on it. Um, it's Luke chapter 1, verse 34. And Mary asks, you, this angel visits Mary, and they say, and the angel says, Mary, you're going to be, um, you don't know this, Mary, but you're pregnant. And Mary's like, that's a problem. And here's the problem, verse 34. She says, how can this be since I am a virgin. I don't know if you've had this lesson in health class yet, but if you're a virgin, you can't get pregnant. But Mary was a virgin, and she was pregnant. So the angel that visited her answered, answered her and told her why she was pregnant. She said, the Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be, to be born will be called the Son of God. So this is what the angel says. You're going to get pregnant 
even though you're a virgin, and the father is going to be God. And this baby that's going to be born is going to be the promised one, the Messiah. Mary was pregnant. She gave birth to Jesus as a virgin. And why is that so important that Mary as a virgin gave birth to Jesus? It's because what we learn in Romans chapter 5, our sin nature is passed on through our father. Say thanks, dad. It's passed on through the men. So everybody's got a dad. Everybody's got a father. Not everybody has a dad. Not everybody has a good dad. I understand that. But that's how the sin nature. So Jesus, born of a virgin, was the perfect sacrifice for our sins. That's the main point of this, but here's the secondary point that that we learn. God loves to work through teenagers. There are some things that God would rather do through you guys than he would do through adults. He loves to work through teenagers. And you may think, why in the world does God love to work through teenagers? Why would God want to use me to reach out to one of these backpack kids rather than some old person? I've got a couple reasons why. And here's the first reason. Here's the first reason. God loves to work through teenagers because they're often overlooked. If you look at the beginning of this passage, it says that Mary lived in a small town of Nazareth, or a small t- area of Galilee in the small town of Nazareth. So Mary was like the original, just a small town girl living in a lonely world. Now that song's going to be stuck in your head, right? Mary wasn't just a teenager, but she lived in like a dust ball of a town. She lived in Salt Rock, you know? <laughs> She lived in an over, she, where's Brad? She lived in Branchland. Yeah, she, she lived in a small little area, living in a lonely world. If you were to look, you know, if you were to think, okay, where's God going to find someone to carry the Son of God, you wouldn't have thought Nazareth and Galilee. You ever feel like you're overlooked by people? That nobody, maybe you feel like nobody even cares that you exist, and your parents, of course, they have to care. You know, but, but nobody at school notices you. Everybody writes you off, got good news for you. God specializes. God actually, I think, prefers to use people that are overlooked so that he can get all the glory. Jeff's leading me on here. He's like, hurry it up. No, <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, here's the next reason, because they're passionate. When, when this angel's talking to Mary, this angel shows up and says, greetings, Mary, you're highly favored. And it said, Mary was troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. You know what I've learned? You guys are either 100% or you're zero. You know, some, some Wednesday nights you come in and you're just like, you know, going crazy. And then some days you come in and you're like this. You know, when the school year catches up to you. Here's what I know about you. You're passionate. When you're mad, you're mad. When you're happy, you're happy. When you got music going, you're singing at the top of your lungs in the shower or in the car. I've seen, I've pulled up next to some of you in your cars. You know, you guys are passionate. Here's the problem. Here's what I'm learning as I get older. I have to fight against people who just totally suck the passion out of my life. You guys are full of passion, and God likes to use passionate people. Um, the other reason is because they are available. Think about this. Mary was, is, is, was in what we call a holding pattern. You feel like you're in a holding pattern? When you're a senior, you get this thing. It's like, I think it's actually a medical condition. Um, It's called senioritis when you're a senior. And it it usually sets in right after Christmas break, and you're like, I just want to get out of here. Mary was in this holding pattern because she was pledged to be married to Joseph. It's like this weird Jewish engagement thing where they're like legally married, but yet Mary hasn't moved in with Joseph, and they haven't like, you know, had their honeymoon, hence why she was a virgin. So she's waiting for this 
moment in her life when she gets to move in with her husband. So she's not necessarily, like in the words of Britney Spears, I'm not a girl and I'm not yet a woman. Like she's like in this weird holding. You're too young to remember Britney Spears. Um, She's in this weird holding pattern here. And she's like at this weird stage in her life where she's waiting for the next thing. So she had nothing to do. You know how some of you, your parents walk in and you've been on the couch for like two days and they're like, you've got to find something to do. You know, you're available. God loves to use people who are available. Some of you, your parents are just going 24-7 all day, but you're available. So God would love to use you to reach out to some of these kids. We're going to keep going really quick because I've got one minute to do the next three. You think I can do it, Jeff? Go to the next one. Um, Because they're curious, this is the picture of the Mars... um, Mars rover curiosity. Um, You guys are curious. Yeah, here, think about this. Why is it that in every movie where some extraterrestrial comes to Earth, they don't show up and hang out with an adult? E.T. doesn't try to find an adult, right? Right? Think about strange, think about the Stranger Things thing. They, it, it, yeah, it, it's teenagers, it's kids, because you're curious enough to where like, oh, this is not good. I need to go find, like, the police, you know, I need to go find, like, the government. Maybe the government can fix it. You know, because you're, you're curious. And Mary here, she's like, how can this be? How can this be? Because I'm a virgin. So Mary was curious, and some of you, you ask so many questions, you drive people crazy. But that's a good thing because you're curious. God loves to answer the questions you ask, and he answers the question that Mary asks. Because they're obedient, don't take this the wrong way, but you want to know why? I think it's easier for a teenager to be obedient than for me, an adult, to be obedient. Is because when you're an adult, your butt is too big. Let me explain what I mean by that. God tells you to do something when you're an adult. You say, but I've got a mortgage. God tells you to do something when you're an adult. You say, but I've got to go to work. But I can't do it because of this. But I can't do it because of this. You're at a point in your life where I know you've got obligations. I know you've got things that you have to do. But you're at a point in your life where you have more freedom than adults do. Mary was at a point in her life where she had more freedom than someone who would have been married and having kids. God wants to use you because he knows that you are more likely to be obedient. And finally, I think this is the main reason, because he knows you're going to give God the glory. He, you're going to, God is going to be glorified by working through you rather than working through someone who's got all the, you know, all the pedigree. This is a, it's hard to find pictures of Mary that don't have her looking like a, a prom queen. Um, Mary was a normal person. You know, you know, some people think you need to pray to Mary and you do all this stuff. No, Mary was a totally normal person. There's only one person you pray to is Jesus. There's one mediator between God and man. It's Jesus. But Mary was a totally normal person. A totally normal teenager who was available, and God used her. And look what she says in verse 46. She says, my soul glorifies the Lord. Why does God love to use teenagers? A lot of reasons, but I think the main one is when a seventh grader scrapes together 20 bucks to buy underwear for a kid who doesn't have underwear, God is glorified. When a kid experiences the love of Christ for the first time through you, God is glorified. So I want you to think about that. You think, what can I do? I'm just a teenager. You say, I'm just a teenager. God says, you're just the person I've been looking for to change the world through. So I want you guys, um, 
we're not going to get to the application points. I think we know what the application point is. We want to reach out to these kids. Um, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have you guys bow your heads. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I want you to pray that if God would lay it on your heart to help provide Christmas for one of these kids. So let's, let's pray together, and then I'll tell you what we're doing next. Um, Father, you have blessed us so much. Um, we're blessed to come to a church where every week we hear the gospel of Jesus. Um, you've blessed us with being sons and daughters of God. You've even blessed us with stuff. You've blessed us with things. You've blessed us with clean clothes. You've blessed us with parents who care for us. Um, you've blessed us with food to eat. And God, we realize there are kids that are in our area that some of us see every day that aren't as blessed as we are. They don't know what it means to have a God in heaven who loves them. They don't know what it means to have a meal to eat. So God, I pray that you'll use us. We're not perfect. Um, we may not even be the best candidates to be used, but we, God, we believe that you can use even people like us to make a big difference. Uh, so God, I pray that you'll burden our hearts, you'll touch our hearts, um, you'll make us so upset about this that we'll do something. In Jesus' name, amen.